We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin. Hey, everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Tuesday, December 5th edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. Jake Latarski is with me today. We're going to talk about uh, checking out your waiver wire. And so, basically, for a lot of people, regular fantasy regular season just ended. This went fast, really mm-hmm. fast. Yeah, it went very fast. It's been a pleasure doing this show all year, hopefully helping you guys out a little bit. But it is playoffs. So basically every recommendation that we offer today is going to come with the contingency. Would you start him in the fantasy playoffs? Because that's essentially where we're at. If your playoffs don't start till week 15 or, you know, then chances are you're playing week 17. And that's just wrong in fantasy. You know, my humble opinion. Yes, but uh, very much. OK, so we can agree on that here. So for the most of us, our playoffs are starting this week. So that that's where these pickups are going to be based around. Would you or would you not start them in the fantasy playoffs? And of course, every situation is different and we'll try to address as many as possible. All right. Um, fantasy fallout from the Monday game before we move on. Uh, Antonio Brown was a big mystery. And people were worried about him. It turns out he was fine before the game practice. You know, warm-ups looked great. He went eight for one-on-one on a touchdown. Um, Le'Veon had his usual great game. The touchdown run that Le'Veon had was really weird. That was, mm-hmm. that yeah, was a yeah. gift from William Jackson in the corner, right? 
exactly. We, you know, of course, the Bengals thinking that he he went out of bounds and treated the play as as such, where they didn't you know bother to give him that extra shove that he needs. When you know someone like that, you think would be the last player you want to let dance around a little bit on the sidelines, tiptoe, yeah. or just or just take a guess. But yeah, I, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just a, a mental lapse or effort. It's, it's, it was mysterious. It was weird to watch. But Le'Veon Bell owners were definitely rewarded. All right. Um, otherwise, on the other side, AJ Green, um, strong game, seven seventy-seven and two. Joe Mixon concussion, which we'll talk about later. Um, and um, fingers crossed, crossed, prayers up. Whatever your uh, preference is for Steelers linebacker Ryan Shazier, who got some. There was some good news this morning on his condition. Uh, it's, it sounds like it's trending positively. Um, we're not doctors, but uh, it, hopefully everything will be okay in short order for him because that was a pretty scary injury. Um, Check us out on Twitter, everybody. Jake is at jakeski52. I'm at jhalpin37. You can also tweet us at Rotowire. Um, get player updates at Rotowire NFL. That's our news feed. And you can find us on Facebook anytime. All right. We are going to go through the um, the free agent options. We're going to start with quarterbacks. Um, who are you? So, so to what you said earlier about right now we're looking at the fantasy playoffs. And if you're not going to play a guy in the fantasy playoffs, unless you think he is going to um, help you down the road, um, you can ditch. And um, who do you want to ditch? Yeah, yeah. Quarterback wise, I mean, you know, I think he made our drop list last week, but but Derek Carr has to be considered in that situation. Now, yeah, he'll get some of his weapons back, but at KC against Dallas, at Philly, none of these are super exciting matchups here. So you, you know, you might want to look elsewhere, possibly, or use your QB one A for most of these matchups because chances are they're going to be better. All right. What what about Matt Ryan? Do I need Matt Ryan anymore? Man, that's really tough. Uh, you don't want to see personally. I wouldn't be dropping him in, in a league because just because of the Vikings game and they have one of the best defenses in the league. And I understand Matt Ryan has consistently underperformed this year. That's certainly an issue. Um, but he's got the Saints at home. Of course, a much, much improved defense. No doubt about that. Then at Tampa Bay you know, pretty horrific pass defense. And then at new Orleans. So, you know, he gets a dome in the cha- fantasy championship, which can't be discounted personally in the league where I lost to Sean Watson stream Tyrod Taylor last week. That didn't go well. I, you know, I guess we <laughs> maybe have something to talk about in our two quarterback league, but, but not really. Cause he doesn't really fit in that top 24 as backup. Um, personally, if, if someone dropped Matt Ryan in that league, I would be all over him and I'd spend the rest of my money on him just because the matchups are good and I need an extra quarterback. So it depends on your situation. Yeah, Matt Ryan's certainly discouraging zero touchdowns, 173 yards against the Vikings. But the Vikings are just about as good as good as it's going to get in terms of pass defense. And he doesn't play the Jags on the schedule or anything like that. So I'd hold him if possible, if only to prevent other owners you might face in the playoffs from getting him. Yeah, that week's 15 at Tampa is not bad. I mean, New Orleans doesn't scare me as much, and he's just been he's been so disappointing. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I get what you're saying. He, he's he, week, That week 15 is the one that sells me. Okay, um, streamer-wise, who do you like this week? So, so uh, the, of the list you sent me, spoiler, Josh McCown, mm-hmm. we, we all certainly, if we're underrating Josh McCown at all anymore, we need to stop, that's for sure. But thing is, this week, as good as Josh McCown has been, your matchup this week is at Denver. What do you do now? The Broncos are not your same old Broncos. They're not as good. What do you do with this one? If you were streaming him because you had to as your second quarterback or or me, I mean, in the league that I started Taylor and I would happily start McCown at Denver this week. But uh, I'm going to have to go up and down those streaming options a little bit more. But uh 
again, Denver is not the Denver that, that we think they are, you know, that it's kind of an organization. I don't want to say completely in shambles, but you know, not too far because we've seen several examples of that here, uh, in the NFL this season, but they're not the defense that they once were. And, you know, they can be beaten. You know, we saw Belichick and the Patriots kind of lay out a game plan for that. Um, you know, kind of stay away from the corners at, attack using the tight ends and the running backs. And if anyone has the personnel to be able to execute that strategy against the Broncos, it's probably the jets giving their pass catching backs. You know, they've got a trio of backs that are all pretty strong. And, and then, and then on top of that, uh, you know, Austin Safarian Jenkins might find his way into the end zone or two. So this isn't an automatic must bench, uh, in any situation type thing. And, uh, and then after that, it gets a little better at new Orleans and then versus the chargers. So it's not an easy rest of season schedule, but he's more than just a stream option here because he's going to get to that 50% own mark probably by next week. Okay. And, and by the way, folks, over the last six weeks, the Broncos have been, let's see, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth worse at 25th in fantasy points against opposing uh, quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. The, the uh, team defense versus position page you're using on RotoWire right now, we're not even in the same room, and I can tell exactly what you're doing. That's yep. you know that's a good enough reason to buy a subscription alone to get your deep analysis uh, into the uh, into your matchups or in recent trends leading into the fantasy playoffs to help make those tough decisions based on matchup. Or a good reason to just go to rotowire.com slash free for a 10-day trial. That's right. Plug. Um, all right. Other guys I wanted to ask you about. Andy Dalton. He's at 54%, which is above our normal threshold, but it's close. Um, he's home for the Bears, who are not the easiest defense to play against. They seem to be better at home. Um, mm-hmm. Dalton has been probably better than people think, right? I mean, 12 games. He's, he's on pace for about 3,500 yards. And, you know, 26 or so touchdowns last how many games last seven games, touchdowns, two, two, zero, two, three, two, two. Um, last night, he looked pretty good. I mean, he was better in the first half than the second. But, um, you know, this is not this is not a bad spot for him. Like he, He's been no. he has been really good, but he's been pretty kind of OK. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's another one that I that I'd consider streaming this week. I mean, the consistency has been surprising. He's. He hasn't thrown a interception since week seven and since the bye week, he has two or more touchdowns in all but one game. So he's been consistent. Now, Andy Dalton's not going to win you a fantasy matchup on his own by scoring 30 or 35 points, but he's a pretty strong bet to get you 15, 20 on a given week and the bears average matchup. Uh, the thing that concerns me kind of going with our theme is you probably will not start him in any case in, in week 15 against the Vikings. No. So if you're looking ahead, uh, it's a stream. It's a stream option for this week. And that's he fits our bill, uh, you know, as a potential streamer. So I, I would go for it. OK, the other guy. And this is more of a reach, I would think. And this is this would be more of a desperation play. Um, and those de- and those stats we talked about the points against um, the 30th ranked team over the past six weeks has been the Packers giving up 23.5 fantasy points per game um, to opposing quarterbacks. Yes. Deshaun Kaiser. Now, I know there are certainly issues. Deshaun Kaiser, you would never wholeheartedly endorse Deshaun Kaiser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, go ahead. He runs some. Last mm-hmm. four weeks, rushing yards, 57, 22, 39, 46. He's got two touchdowns over those four games. Um, this past week, you know, 15 for 32, played at the Chargers, which is not an easy matchup. Um, had a touchdown and a pick with 215 yards. He has two good receivers now in Corey Coleman and Josh Gordon. And, and Josh, J- Corey Coleman did nothing 
on Sunday, but you would think that Josh Gordon and Corey Coleman are going to sort of help each other by drawing yes. defenses. Oh, you know, they they won't be able to load up on either one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, is is this at all tempting for you? It would be given the right situation. Uh, I'll, I'll think of a couple situations, hypotheticals, because I know we have a lot of uh, listeners in different kinds of formats out there. Uh, one thing that would help Kaiser's status this week is if your league doesn't penalize turnovers. And I know that seems rare, but our office stake league doesn't for whatever reason. So that would help boost Kaiser's status. And the other thing is the Packers injury report. Uh, Kevin King has been out of he's been MIA, not MIA, but uh, he's just been injured and, and inactive these last few weeks. If Kevin King remains on the shelf, then I would think that, you know, Deshaun Kaiser would be a viable option. I'm I'm more excited about about the receivers. You know, the fact that Josh Gordon got 11 targets in mm-hmm. his debut and only caught, caught caught four of them. But 85 yards, you know, Gordon at six, three has a little bit more size and physicality than any of the Packers corners. And and, you know, the corners have had some bright spots over the course of the year, but clearly the player that's emerged as their best secondary or at least cover corner had been Kevin King. And he's just not been a hundred percent, even when he has been on the field. So that would um, lead to me a big day for Gordon. Like I'm even going to start Gordon over my boy, Josh Doxson, one of these leagues. this week. Wow. That's big for you. That is big for me. (laughs) That is big for me. But uh, Gordon proved it by having a modest fantasy day and getting massive volume and the matchup looks really good. So if his price doesn't go up in daily, though I suspect it might, um, that might also be a daily play as well. All right. Um, so who's your who's your favorite streamer for this week? My favorite streamer this week? I mean, I guess I would say Dalton if we're going to let that slide. Okay. Um, so, I mean, just like to kind of put this in perspective, I'm going to look at um, available players in, in um, let's see here. In one of my leagues, just, uh, maybe maybe I can get this to work. Maybe not here. I'm going to look at available players for guys that I need to play over Tyrod Taylor this week because uh, you know that's a situation. Looks like someone put McCown on waivers, so I will actually be going ahead and um, hoping my zero dollar McCown bid comes through. And then after that, I mean Kaiser, Jameis Winston. He's 49% owned versus Detroit. You know, that's not the worst spot for him. And then we start getting into Trevor Simeon, Jay Cutler, Joe Flacco territory, which I'd like to avoid if possible. Even Brett Hundley. So, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to be picking between McCown, Kaiser and Hundley. And um, it's probably going to be McCown just because of the consistency, even with the tough matchup this week. So McCown, uh, McCown or Dalton. I would do Dalton over over McCown because the Denver, I mean, Tlaib will be back and the Denver defense will be better. Um, but, you know, as far as the under 50 percent or the guys that are available to me personally in this situation, I think it's going to be McCown. OK, so now that you've said um, Dalton there, I'm going to ask you because we've got some quarterbacks this week. When we talk about streamers, you, basically what you when when you're streaming, you're, you're it, unless your quarterbacks hurt, you're identifying a tough matchup. Well, we've got a bunch of good quarterbacks who are most of the time fantasy starters in tough matchups. this week. So I'm going to ask you some either ors. Mm-hmm. Dalton or so Dalton's home for the Bears. Remember everybody. Yes. Dalton or Case Keenum at Carolina. Ah, ooh, I think that's Dalton. Okay, Dalton or Kirk Cousins at the Chargers. I'm going to go Cousins. All right. These are hard though. These are very tough. Um, Dalton or Marcus Mariota at the Cardinals. This would be easier, I would think. 
I, I would go uh, Dalton in this one. Yeah. Um, and the other two, I think I know what you're going to say, but but because of the matchups, they're interesting. Dalton or Carson Wentz at the Rams. Carson Wentz. Yes, but this is not an easy matchup, right? I mean, it's... No, it's not an easy matchup, but he had a pretty tough matchup against Seattle and still had an okay fantasy day. Uh, you know, he runs that touchdown, and instead of fumbling at the goal line, it's a very, very different narrative. All right, and the last one, the other tough matchup, a brutal one, Russell Wilson is at Jacksonville. I mean, you, if you own Russell mm. Wilson and you get any Dalton, you look and you go, I think I have to play Russell Wilson, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm playing Russell Wilson. He's been our number one fantasy quarterback rest of season anyway. I think he's just a winner. He'll find a way to get it done. And he's going to help you with his legs too, a lot more than Dalton will. So that brings the floor up. Okay. With that game there, the over under there is 39 and a half. Oh so, man, I've seen 39. So the Seahawks are favored? Really? No, the Jaguars are favored minus three, but like 39 is the over under. Okay. I'm looking at the, we got to, Talk to the people of the Rotor Wire page because it's a little screwy. Um, okay. Oh, okay. I'm looking somewhere else, but all right. Um, I, I, but yeah, it would make sense that the Jaguars, the home team, would get the three in yeah. this one, right? So, but these, I mean, hold on one second. So it could. I mean, it's going to vary by sportsbook. If one sportsbook takes a lot more money in, you know, for for one team, or takes a big Seattle bet, or maybe wanted to overreact a little bit to the Monday night or the Sunday night game. But your your so your implied point total here for the Seahawks is 18 and a half based on the spread and the over-under. I mean, so it's not one, an easy, or 18.25 actually, right? So one Russell Wilson run, one Russell Wilson throw to Jimmy Graham and a field goal. Okay. I, That's I still think, a decent fantasy day. I agree with you. I think the point I'm trying to make is this is, it's not crazy talk. Yeah, no, definitely not. I mean, this is a matchup that fantasy owners are going to stress about a lot, but uh, I, I just I don't think you can bench Russell Wilson for any matchup yeah. at this point. Okay, that's fair. It's just this is uh this is an interesting. There's there's some quarterbacks in some brutal situations here. Okay, running backs, uh, drop candidates. We like to talk about is Legarrette Blunt here now, based on the way he finally got the short end of the snap stick with uh, JHI. It, it was interesting because he was blocked. Or I mean, I'm sorry, he was dropped in in one of my leagues where I actually owned a Jai and I picked him up just to see what happens here against Seattle. Um, but you can tell that in a game where when the Eagles are trailing or it's going to be very close, a Jai is going to get the bigger share. You know, when the Eagles are up 30, uh, you know, on some team that stopped playing defense, you know, at, at halftime or something, then we'll see more LeGarrette Blunt in an effort to run the clock out. So. Uh, you know, trying to look at these matchups just to see if there are any, uh, you know, kind of standouts for one way or the other the rest of the season here. I mean, they're at the Rams. That's going to be close. So, uh, you know, th- that'll be an Ajayi day. Then they're at the Giants, probably going to be a blowout. That'll be a blunt day. And then in the championship, Oakland, they'll be favored. I would imagine they'll win quite sizably at home. And that'll probably be more of a blunt day, too. So, I, it really depends. I don't feel good about starting Blunt in the playoffs, though. So if you do need to make a tough decision, I guess you could let him go. Okay. Um, la- uh, the other one, Doug Martin. We're good. We're done with him. Even if he yeah. comes back, we don't need him, right? Yeah. Even if he comes back, they seem to be more effective with uh, surprisingly more so Peyton Barber than even Jacquez Rogers. Yep. Um, last week, our suggestions, we talked about Kane Drake, which was a huge hit if you got him. Rod Smith was kind of middle of the road. He was fine. Jacquez Rogers, not so much because of the aforementioned Peyton Barber. Um, this week... Oh, let's see. Aaron Jones. So 
Aaron Jones had one carry, but it was a very mm-hmm. good carry in overtime for the Packers. Um, what, what do you what do you see happening in that backfield? I mean, Jamal Williams has been pretty good. Um, yeah. Do you see more of a timeshare coming? Yeah, I see more of a timeshare, which is really going to make it difficult to start either of those guys. We knew Aaron Jones was going to be active, but Jamal Williams was going to be the workhorse. You know, that's what Schefter and everyone reported beforehand, and that's exactly what happened. I think we'll see more of a split this week against the Browns. Uh, the split would probably be in favor of Williams. I would guess maybe in the 15-5 or 12-6 or 7 type type spread. I also think they might run Hundley a little bit more. He was successful in some of those run plays here and you know ran 7 for 66 yards, you know, when his long was 18, so he was consistently getting chunk yardage when they used him as a runner. So Williams still stays on the heavy end of a timeshare. And the Browns' deep run defense, much better than people yep. would generally give them credit for. The Browns' run defense has shut down opposing backs. So from the timeshare to the slight question mark uh, about role and the tough matchup, I'm probably going to fade both of these backs wherever I can this week. Okay. Um, next guy up, um, Mike Davis. He looks really good. Mm-hmm. He... Um, he he played Sunday night. Um, I mean, he was the man. I mean, we've been waiting for a guy to be the man for the <laughs> for the Seahawks in the backfield. And Mike Davis appears to be it. Mm-hmm. Catches the ball a little bit. Um, ran the ball well. I mean, and that's with a yes. pretty bad offensive line against a pretty good team. Um, unfortunately, they're going to Jacksonville this week, who their defense has been better since. I mean, you know, everybody, you've heard this a million times for people who do what we do that since they got Marcel Darius, their run defense has been better, but it, it's not like it's some, you know, impenetrable wall. However, mm-hmm. I, Mark, Mike Davis is a starter this week. That's a, that's a tough sell for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a tough sell. sell. I still think that he's probably going to top uh, the rankings for me when you ask, well, well, maybe there's a couple ones that you tossed in there that might be in the running. But the thing with Davis is he was on the field for 73% of his team's snaps last week, mm-hmm. and no other Seattle running back has gotten a bigger snap share in any week at all this season, period. So we have a guy. That, at the very least, we have a guy. I think he's a pretty solid bet for he, he, I don't know, around around 20 touches, something along those lines or 15 to 20 touches, uh, you know, a little bit depending on on game flow there. And of course, I think they're going to want to run the ball a little bit more. He's an effective enough pass catcher, which is a boost in PPR formats. And none of those other guys seem like they're going to threaten his workload at any point. I mean, um, four yards a carry. Good. You know, not spectacular, but I think uh, he's he's going to be he's going to get it done. He's going to be one of the top backs just because of the way that Pete Carroll and Seattle want to continue to run the ball when possible. So even in a tough matchup, I think he's worth an ad this week. All right. Um, so now we've got Mike Davis is 10% owned on Yahoo, by the way, Aaron Jones, 35%. We talked about Peyton Barber. He's home against Detroit. Um, he ran well enough this week that you would think another big workload is coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he dominated everybody else in snaps like he did um, was, it kind of came out of the blue. Uh, to be honest, uh, he was on the field for 68% of his snap, uh, the team's snaps. His previous high was 39. Um, so if you want the raw numbers, he was out there 52 snaps. Sims 19, Rodgers 5. So uh, we shot, I at least shot and missed on Rodgers last week. Fortunately, I didn't start him anywhere, but he goes to the drop list now where it looks like it's going to be Barber uh, moving forward. Now, uh, you know, if Martin comes back, that could get things a little bit interesting 
Does he continue? I mean, he was the hot hand, you know, I guess we can call it. And he had two touchdowns the week before. So I guess he falls into this mix. But I, I, again, I don't feel great about starting anyone not named Mike Evans or Cameron <laughs> Bright really on this team. Man, I don't even want to start Mike Evans the way he's going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been rough. You know, getting Jameis back, I thought Evans would be up, and I need a big matchup from, or I need a big performance from Evans uh, in the playoffs this week. But man, Jameis sure certainly loves dialing in on Cameron Brait, and I guess we'll talk about that a little later in the show. Yes, he does. Um, other guys I wanted to mention: uh, Jonathan Stewart. He's thirty-eight percent owned. He got a touchdown the other day. The guy just he just doesn't do enough. Even it's it's weird to see a guy. And it's post bye week, which makes it less weird. But he's he gets double digit carries every week. He scored a touchdown in the last two. But for the season, the guy has he has five hundred and thirty one yards in twelve games, and he hardly ever catches the ball. I mean, mm-hmm. you're, basically, if you don't get a touchdown out of him, you're toast. Yeah. So I'm looking at the Carolina distribution, and I know I know you like to uh, dial in on that team particularly. Uh, McCaffrey had forty snaps. The Stewart's twenty two. And, of course, McCaffrey going to dominate the targets. Stewart carried the ball 11 times, McCaffrey 6. I thought the plan was kind of going to be that McCaffrey wouldn't get as many carries, especially between the tackle, because of that banged-up shoulder. Did that look to be the case? Um, I, I think it was probably fine. I mean, McCaffrey was, mm-hmm. you know, he, he probably got as many as he usually does. That, yeah, I'm looking at his log from week to week. I mean, he had 15 in week 9, but then 10 he had 5 and. 11 was their buy in week 12. He had seven in this week. He had 13. So it didn't seem like he was greatly limited. So if his status doesn't change a whole lot, my outlook for Stewart is similar. It doesn't change much. Okay. Um, Gio Bernard, 38% owned. And where Gio Bernard comes in is because Joe Mixon got a concussion. Is in the concussion protocol. I think he had a concussion. I know he was in the protocol. He came out of the game last night um, with a short week mm-hmm. for the Bengals. Gio Bernard might be the guy running against the Bears at home, which which looks like a pretty sweet spot that that you could roll with Gio if you pick him up. Right. Yeah, I actually I would put, you know, the more I think about it and give it some thought, I would put Gio above Mike Davis in, in my running back rankings this week. The fact that Gio's 38 percent owned, of course, they were finally given Mixon his chance. Gets the concussion, of course, through no fault of his own. I think I think Gio's in the best spot this week, especially given Davis's matchup. Yep. Um Devontae Booker's at 34%. As we mentioned, I mentioned with Derek on Monday, you, you would look at the, at, the, at the stats from Sunday and you would think, oh, C.J. Anderson took back over. Well, it sounds like Booker was sick, which limited him. So don't write him off yet. I wouldn't be starting him in week 14, I'll say that. But, nope. but I wouldn't be ditching him. And, and uh, you know, he's one of those guys, you want to keep a guy on the bench for later, he, he might mm-hmm. be one of those guys. Rod Smith, any interest? He doesn't get enough work. He gets some work, but... Alfred Morris gets more and that doesn't look like it's going to change, right? No, I mean, Morris, of course, had a ton of work. And this is finally a game for the Cowboys in which they were able to take the lead and take control of the game. And like we had sort of been calling, you know, I, I kept trying to explain away this Morris uh, lack of productivity by the fact that the Cowboys were way behind. And then it got to a point where it was like, well, are they always going to be way behind? Because Zeke means that much. Sean Lee means that much. We got a game with Morris featured heavily when they were ahead and i think week 14 is going to be more of the same at the giants um you know eli coming back to start you know whatever i don't think that changes a ton for the um for for the giants you know chances of winning this game or even getting ahead consistently i think we'll see a heavy dose of morris again um and it won't be until week 16 where the cowboys are really going to get tough against seattle but by then ezekiel elliott will be back so i think uh there's 
Morris can be owned, but again, he's probably not someone I'm starting in the playoffs. Okay. Um, the last one we want to talk about, Kerwin Williams, 3%. Adrian Peterson didn't play on Sunday. Kerwin Williams was the was the early down back, 16 for 97 against the Rams, which is pretty nice stats. However, he wasn't on all the snaps. DJ Foster, Elijah Penny played. Um, with the t- with, If Peterson's out again and come and playing the Titans at home, who are, you know, another kind of sort of okay kind of team, um, decent against the run. Do you want to play any of these guys? Not really. I mean, if you have to, I guess based on the distribution, it would be Kerwin Williams. But he's another player that I just don't. I don't feel great starting in the fantasy playoffs. Even and you know the Titans are, are a decent enough matchup that could that could give the Cardinals some trouble. So I guess if you had to own one or start one, it would be Williams over Foster or Penny, and that's only only if Peterson is ruled out, which I guess we don't know for sure quite yet. Uh, he you know even Bruce Arians says he isn't sure if he'll be ready for Sunday's game. So. Um, it, it would be a desperation play for me. All right. Um, top three. Top three. I guess Gio's number one, given Joe Mixon being out. You know, and that's the assumption I'm going to go with because of the short week. Uh, Mike Davis would be number two. And I guess the third one, you know, whoever I say here is definitely a not starter in the fantasy playoffs. But the <laughs> third one would probably be Pey- Peyton Barber, I yeah. guess, because of the volume. I agree with you. There's one other guy I want to bring up who doesn't fit in our normal discussion. Mm-hmm. Frank Gore is 70% owned. And every time Frank Gore's name is mentioned, I know what you're thinking, everybody. You think, Frank Gore, you go, oh, yeah, whatever, Frank Gore, he's fine. 14 for 50, whatever. This, the, the points against position stats that we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. since week eight, the Denver Broncos are the 31st ranked defense against opposing fantasy running backs giving up 23.6 points per game that's the second worst team right 23.6 mm-hmm. the bills have given up 30.1 points per game in that time against opposing fantasy running backs they are they are almost literally i think it's the quick math in my head about 30 percent worse than the second worst team in points against to opposing fantasy running backs they've given up 11 touchdowns in the last six games to opposing running back just it Frank Gore owners or people who might be able to, you know, 70% ownership. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a terrible idea in some way. Basically you're going to need fantasy playoffs. You don't really want to play Frank Gore, but this might be one of those spots that you could think about it more than most weeks. I've, I own Frank Gore in a league. So I'll tell you what I'm looking at here. LaShawn McCoy, definite starter. All right. And then I've got another running back in a flex and I'm picking between Samaje Pirine, Dion Lewis, or I guess I could flex someone like, you know, Doxon or, or Des Bryant was on my bench last week. So I'm not quite throwing Frank Gore over any of those guys, but I absolutely see where you're coming from with the matchup. The Buffalo run defense, and there is a, there's a significant uh, event here that caused that shift to happen, and that's the trading of Marcel Darius. Let's just say that the Buffalo front office, with how they handled the Tyrod taylor Pierman situation, is lucky that the Giants are around this year because they get all the attention. (laughs) They get all the attention for being just an absolute mess. And, you know, dumpster fire is the best way. I mean, it's the way that it continues to be described because it is probably the most accurate here. But the Bills are pretty lucky that they've got that in the league as well. So people don't worry or can't focus in on them, you know, making these weird trades, adding, subtracting receivers, getting rid of their defensive anchor, messing with their much better Tyrod Taylor quarterback and, and benching him and then seeing how that went they're lucky that the giants are around uh, i think you're right um everybody fanduel is 
fantasy football for everyday fans with new contests starting every week. No busted seasons. There's something for everyone with lots of contests to choose from starting at just a dollar. If you missed your fantasy playoffs in your season-long league, which start this week, if your season's over, even if it's not, go check out FanDuel. You can start at just a dollar. You can pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score real time. Um, what struck me about this week's FanDuel salaries, Alex Smith, who had sort of fallen off the radar, had that huge game against the Jets, He's back up to $8,200. He's the second highest quarterback salary-wise on FanDuel because he's got a home game against the Ravens. So, sorry, the Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, after after this past week, uh, who could blame him? Anyone using Smith, Kelsey, and and uh, Tyree Kill in their lineups were right at the top of the tournaments here. Um, I, I'd be more inclined to go down the list a little bit and uh, go after someone like Jared Goff. And I know the Eagles' pass defense is good, but it's a home matchup for him. And I think there's going to be a decent amount of points there because that the, the Eagles offense is good enough to score at least semi-consistently on the Rams defense here. There's just so many ways that they could beat you and golf will have to keep up. So I'll take the home quarterback at 7,700 before I look to someone like Alex Smith at 8,200. All right. So two weeks ago, I promised, uh, I, I was looking, I was doing matchup arguments and I promised Derek that I was going to have Paxton Lynch in one of my tournament lineups and it mm-hmm. flamed out. I'm going to have Deshaun Kaiser paired with one of the Browns receivers in one of my tournament lineups. Well, and it's got to be Gordon, right? I just want to compare the prices here. Uh, Josh Gordon, 6,700. So he went up from about, I think he was 5,800 last week. Mm -hmm. And Coleman is Mm 5,700. So essentially the two of them traded salaries. So I could see it be interesting going back to Coleman, but I still think you got to pay up for Gordon. Yep, but everybody's going to want Gordon. Right. He's going to want Gordon. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Yeah. You might need to zigzag if you're going full tournament, you know, yeah, counter counter there. That would be a strategy that I could see possibly succeeding. There we go. That's that's my I'm writing it down. Kaiser, Gordon, Coleman, probably Coleman. I'm the other guy. Uh, the two running backs, Peyton Barber, fifty five hundred is really nice price here. And Geo, actually. Geo is fifty one hundred. So um, if, that's going to be uh, Mixon's out. That's that's a good one. That's going to be the chalk play of yes. the week. It's going to be this week's Kenyon Drake and and probably a staple. And if it ends up being like Kenyon Drake, you kind of need him in your lineup because of the salary freedom it creates. Right. And basically, if, if I play Kaiser, Go- Coleman, and Geo, I can just play anybody I want everywhere else. So. Yeah, you're ready. Now, now, no Gronk this week, of course, because of suspension. I think the Patriots play outside of the normal Sunday slate anyway. Right. Um, but, you know, you, you can get Kelsey for 8,000, you know, stay chalked there. You Get you know, get yourself some Keenan Allen, who's been on absolute fire lately. So, keep after it, folks. Over two and a half million players have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel to take advantage of our special offer for new users. Sign up today at FanDuel.com/rw. You'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than one million dollars in cash prizes, and that's with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com/rw. Void where prohibited. Thanks, FanDuel. All right, wide receivers. Um, drop candidates, uh, Devonte Parker, you're dead to us. And Kelvin Benjamin, you're probably dead to us too. Anybody mm-hmm. else? Yeah. I mean, those guys are just, uh, guys that probably should be dropped already. And it's essentially, you know, look at the playoff matchups. If you got a lot of, uh, tough matchups ahead of you and you can't really see yourself starting one of those guys, then I guess they're off. Um, the other guy I wanted to talk about, I mean, Jordy hasn't done anything to warrant starting him or keeping him, but what warrants keeping him is Aaron Rodgers' looming return, right? Yeah, if you've kept him this long, you 
there's no reason to suddenly right. drop him now. You know, if you if you've toughed it out and held him, you know, maybe on your bench probably after a couple of very very bad Hundley weeks, then uh, you know why would you cut him now if you've already pained through it this far? Um, last week we talked about Josh Gordon, Dee Westbrook, who we're going to talk about again. Cup, um, Seth Roberts did okay. Zay Jones, so so. Uh, Marquise Goodwin here. He's thirty three percent owned. Um, the Niners are on the road at the Texans, who, if I remember correctly, hold please. Um, Texans have been getting beat up by opposing passing games quite a bit. They're actually 28th over the last six weeks against opposing wide receivers. Um, Goodwin, 33% ownership. He had a really nice day. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo did not put up huge numbers at Chicago, but Marquise Goodwin here, um, Eight targets, caught them all for 99 yards. Um, That could lead you to think, and, and, you know, it's a one-game sample. We know it's not a lock. Maybe Jimmy G likes him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that type of efficiency is certainly rare when when you catch all of your targets. And, I mean, Trent Taylor did the same thing. I mean, Grappolo's 26 of 37, so, uh, you know, pretty pretty steady there. And, you know, it is a one-game sample size, so you do need to be a little bit careful. But the matchup and... You know, even the, even the couple weeks beforehand with Goodwin, um, he he's been steadily producing. You know, in in you know double digit points in in PPR leagues now for three straight weeks. You know, I, I think he had 17, 18 PPR points last week. He serves as a pretty solid uh, a wide receiver three option. You know, I, I would say I'd be more likely to do wide receiver four, but I know there's playoff teams out there that start three wide receivers and get kind of fringy towards the end there. And, and he could fill that void. And he's, he's one of your, he's your home run hitter type. He's a little guy who's super duper fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know he, he's been known a lot over his career for big plays, but he had 99 yards last week and, and his long was 20. So, you know, he did it without the home runs, which is actually part of the reason I'm getting back on board. All right. I talked to Derek on, on Monday about Jermaine curse. Uh, you know, the last two weeks, we don't want to overreact for, to two weeks of data here, but the targets have been doing pretty well. I mean, last two weeks, you know, two games, 16 catches, 162, sorry, 16 for 262 and a touchdown. Uh, Jermaine Curse was then, is it within the top 25 in PPR wide receivers on the season now. He, he's, he's in play for you, um, depending on context. But, you know, five weeks ago, if I had said you want to start Jermaine Curse in a fantasy playoff game, you would have thought I was crazy. Now, not so crazy. Yeah, it is not so crazy, and, and he is at Denver this week, and we mentioned that with McCown, and, and you know maybe Tlaib gets a little bit more of Robbie Anderson, but you know the Denver defense is still pretty strong all around. Or I mean, they've been uh, heading in the wrong direction based on just the whole flow of the team. Um, so starting them against Denver, it, it's, it's still a top half in, in matchup toughness for me, so I do have a tough time, but you're exactly right, John, in a sense that there are going to be some situations where he is in play. Okay. Next guy I want to talk about is Mike Wallace. The targets have been ticking up, which you have to like. And this past week, you know, he's five for 116. That's great. He's got 19 targets over the last two games. However, they're going to Pittsburgh. Now, the Steelers, again, we've been going over these last six weeks. Average points per game against opposing wide receivers. Steelers last. Steelers dead last. I don't have the game by games in front of me. I know I know AJ Green put up some good numbers against him last night. He had two touchdowns, which didn't help. And Devontae Adams had a pretty big week the week before. Right. So I mean, Mike Wall Mike Wallace is on the outside looking in for me, I would say though, this week. Thirty five percent ownership. 
for the most part. I mean, we'll see how this Pittsburgh defense responds. I remember we talked about Shazier. I hope he's okay, of course. But his speed on the inside makes him able to cover people that most linebackers can't. And he's a centerpiece of that defense. And I think his absence might trickle out to the rest of the defense a little bit. You know, just kind of a theory. So I, I do see where you're coming from with Wallace. Um, next guy we mentioned a little bit earlier because we talked about him last week, Didi Westbrook. Now, last week we talked about him. His context was that he was, again, I'm, no, I'm repeating myself, I know. He was sort of the, the, the receiver against the Cardinals that didn't have to worry about Patrick Peterson. Um, so he caught six for 41 on 10 targets. And we said, you know, maybe, but maybe it was just the matchup. Then he plays against Indy, a bad pass defense, nine targets, six for 78. We talked, again, Didi Westbrook, talented guy, off the field issues, but... I mean, the, the tools seem to be there. They're playing the Seahawks at home. Seahawks, not your same old Seahawks on defense, either because of their secondary is so banged up. Could you think about picking up D.D. Westbrook 28% ownership and starting them this week? Yeah, I actually could out of out of all these guys that uh, we have here at the end. He's someone that I could because so Seattle against against Philly on uh, on Sunday night here. Elshon Jeffrey was was quite limited. I think he caught four passes, maybe 60 something yards. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But it was the second secondary receiver, Nelson Aguilar, that had the massive mm-hmm. day against Seattle. So I could see something similar being mirrored here with maybe Marquise Lee being held in check a little bit, getting a little bit of more of Earl Thomas, who's one of the, like, the last men standing there, getting a little bit more of him over the top. And maybe things are opening up for, for the rookie uh, in Westbrook. So for that, I... I took a lot of steps to get there, John. So it's far, <laughs> it's far from a safe spot, but uh, it, it is possible. All right, last guy we want to talk about. Again, another one out of our normal zone of percentage ownership. Danny Amendola is 54% owned. Um, with no Gronk in week five, Amendola was eight for 77 on eight targets. PPR-wise, you would think that if Gronk's going to be out this week, and look, whatever you hear about Gronk, appealing this suspension i mean come on i don't like his chances i don't like it's, his especially either. after we saw evans and talib you know and, and crabtree and all those guys get their suspensions upheld the league is all powerful folks so quit holding out hope yeah and there and there doesn't seem to be justification for this i mean it was a pretty nasty dirty hit mm-hmm. yeah how do you appeal most that? people are looking going he only got one game yeah no, I, I was fully expecting one game. I didn't think they'd go too many more than that because yeah. I, I don't remember, at least in recent memory for me, I don't I don't have much of a, a sample size of Gronk being super dirty. So uh, it, it'll be one game uh, for him. And, and you're right. I think target-wise, Amendola gets more of Gronk's looks. Red zone-wise, it might be Dwayne Allen, but then Dwayne Allen might only see three targets total on the game. So uh, I think for the PPR guys, like you said, John, uh, Amendola could be in play. Awesome. All right. Um, top three for you, wide receivers. Top three for me. Oh, boy. I I know I took a lot of steps. Oh, geez. This is a really tough one because all these guys are very kind of equivalent. I would um, – I'm going to shoot for the stars and go uh, – and actually go Goodwin first, then Westbrook, then Curse. Okay. Amendola slightly on the outside. All right. Just because of the production of late tight ends uh, last week, uh, Ricky Seals Jones let us down a little bit. What was he two for 44? I mean, he wasn't terrible, yeah. but he didn't. Yeah. Do I mean, what he, he didn't put a goose egg up like, uh, you know, like, like maybe Vernon Davis has been doing a little bit lately. But uh, I, I think we warned people about Ricky Seals Jones. Yes, we did. And again, 
they like to throw to him again, only 15 snaps. So he's played three games, snap count, 8, 17, 15. So you are, your margin for error of Ricky Seals-Jones getting on the field and actually catching a touchdown is pretty slim. Mm-hmm. So it could yeah, happen. Yeah. Yeah, you have to keep a lookout for that number, and if it's out there, you know it's one of your few, few chances. Right. So, yeah, don't go crazy. It's just it's, it's really hard to come by big production when you play that little. Um, guys to drop, Vernon Davis. I mean, Jordan Reed missed practice on Monday this week. So you think, all right, Vernon Davis is going to play again. But the last couple of weeks, we, three weeks ago, we were so fired up about Vernon Davis. You know, Reed's out, and mm-hmm. with, when Reed's out, they throw to Davis all the time. And then they just kind of stopped. And they've been putting Niles Paul on the field more. Um, I know they did that against the Giants. I mean, Davis's snap counts are pretty high. But mm-hmm. all of a sudden, the production, after week 10, the production just dropped off a cliff. This might be a case where Washington offensive linemen are dropping like flies. I think they only yeah. have one of their starters um, since the beginning of the year. And it could just be that they need Davis to block more. And maybe he's not a block first guy, but, you know, they need him to block more to keep that running game going. And, and you know, my cousins and, and Pirine and Docks and shares in the playoffs aren't going to look great if they can't keep cousins upright. So that's a little bit of a concern. And plus, Josh Doxson, 6'2", touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. And they weren't long touchdowns. They weren't bombs. They were red zone looks. And he's getting those looks that we thought maybe would go to Davis. So that, yeah. I think that helps explain the situation a little bit. But... When it's all said and done, you're right. He can probably be dropped regardless of Reed's status. All right. Um, this week, so Zach Ertz in the concussion protocol for the Eagles. We talked about this a few weeks ago. If Zach Ertz is out, fire up Trey Burton. Don't even don't worry one second about the fact that you know. Oh well, it's Trey Burton. I mean, he's mm-hmm. a second string tight. It's fine. Go. Yeah, I mean, uh, we talk about a few tight ends today, but I mean, this is uh, pretty much as chalk as it gets here. Uh, if Ertz is out, Trey Burton is your Gronk replacement this week. So go ahead and get him now just to just to, to get it. Because you're always going to be able to stream uh, maybe a Julius Thomas type um, or whatnot. But uh, use a couple bucks on Trey Burton tonight in your fab claims just to make sure you have that plan. All right. So we talked about Gronk. Dwayne Allen would be would be the man for them. And they are playing against the they're playing the Dolphins, right? Yeah. Um, Dolphins have been getting killed by opposing tight ends, by the way, those last six weeks, 11.6 points a game. That's 31st in the league. They've got five touchdowns over those six games. Um, so Dwayne Allen is is in play. I mean, look, after the first half dozen or so fantasy tight ends, you, you know, stre- streaming's encouraged at this position. Yeah, very much so. The way it's gone this week, there's only, yeah, like you said, five, six tight ends that you can be trusted on a week to week basis uh, with Gronk being, you said Gronk is out week five, right? Against Tampa. Correct. Um, I mean, he was on the field for 50 snaps, but he didn't get targeted a single time. So Allen doesn't become automatic for me for Gronk. You know, I look to Burton first. I look to, I mean, Cameron Braid is 56% owned. Somehow he should be owned everywhere. He's probably, um, you know, if your league's on top of things, he's probably not out there in your league. You know, Bray would be the first choice for me, but there are a lot of guys I like more than Allen. Uh, he's, he's not an automatic plug-in for me. Okay. Um, speaking of Cameron Bray, he's at 56% ownership. And we talked last week about, you know, Cameron Bray's drop-off in production ha- had an exact, you know, basically the, the difference was Jameis. When Jameis went out, Cameron Bray stopped getting the ball. James came back last week. He won't get too fooled by Brait last week because he only got six targets, two catches for 39 yards, but both for touchdowns. James really likes this guy. It's obvious. 
Mm-hmm. And one of the stats about the Packers that is a little bit perplexing for me is, you know, going over the whole season as a sample size, they were actually the best fantasy defense in terms of allowing the least points to opposing tight ends. And Bray was able to come in and still find their holes in the red zone. And I know Jameis was dialed in on him, but uh, Braid actually becomes a tight end one for me the rest of the year, as long as Winston is under center. So at only 56 percent ownership, our listeners will hopefully go out and correct that. Okay, the last guy I want to talk about is Steven Anderson on the Texans. Um, mm-hmm. CJ Fedorowicz, another concussion. And you know, I think it's his third. It's a lot. Yeah. Like it's, it's, been mm-hmm. a, it's been a rough season for CJ. I just want to double check that so I don't speak out of turn about a concussion. Uh, third concussion of the season for Fedorowicz, so according to the blurb on his Rotowire page. If, if Fedorowicz is done, it, which is possible, you would think a guy with a third concussion – you know, I, I, you know, thinking he might be back this week is seems a little aggressive. Now, I'm not a doctor. I don't know how bad this concussion is, but, you know, you, you would think there might be some worry. And there's certainly a chance that he'll be out this week. Steven Anderson, five for 79 on one and one on 12 targets, 12 targets, 12 targets this coming week. They play against the 49ers who over those past six weeks, and six weeks is arbitrary. I understand that. That's kind of what I picked because I wanted a little decent sample size. Um, they're 30th, the 30th against opposing tight ends over, over that span. Steven Anderson, zero, literally zero. He's a, he's, he's a blue Tarski. He's a 0.0, or at least he's a zero. I don't know if he's a 0.0, but he's a zero on Yahoo. So if you want mm-hmm. him, he's available. Yeah, he's probably going to be there. And I, I remember looking at, at, at this outline, some of the names that you added, and, and while I was scrolling through Steven Anderson, I was like, who? So then I looked into it. I looked into it a little bit. It's a second year in the league here. He was always kind of the third string tight end. But without Fedorowicz, with Ryan Griffin on IR, um, Steven Anderson could actually be a decent fantasy tight end. 6'2", 230. That's more of a receiver build than a tight end build. The reason that he was third string on the depth chart entering the year is because he's not much of a blocker. He's more of a guy that, uh, that, that splits out, you know, kind of profiles as the hybrid that lines up away from the line of scrimmage. I'm grabbing this from, we go super deep with our rotowire outlooks, by the way. So if you ever need a, a quick blurb on what a player is, that's, uh, um, you know, you can even find it on for someone like Steven Anderson, but, uh, again, someone who is going to be the third tight end profiles more as a receiver than a tight end. And I'm not saying we're going to get Marquez Colston out of him, but, um, he is, he, he's someone that could get you a decent amount of points here uh, as someone opposite, you know, DeAndre Hopkins that, you know, could help move the chain kind of in like his ceiling is probably like an Evan Ingram type game, you know, yep. someone that gets a decent amount of passes. Right. And and if you look at those on these on, on the his Rotowire player page, we have the measurables for, you know, with his his combine stuff. All the athleticism stuff is excellent. Yeah. I mean, a four, six, four. And of course, it's the second year in the league, so it's not—he's not too far removed from these numbers. But a four-six-four forty for someone who's six-two-two-thirty—that uh, that, that's pretty excellent, and his agility numbers are excellent as well. So, uh, good call bringing that up because he is a good athlete. Yeah, go run some pass routes, Stephen Anderson. Make us happy. Um, but yeah, if you're streaming, that—that's a possibility. All right, give me your top. You're Trey Burton first, right? Yeah, it's going to be Trey. Well, it, it's Cameron Braid first, but I don't uh, think yep. we can count him because he's fifty-six percent. Okay. I, I would actually go Anderson above Dwayne Allen. I mean, I guess it's one of those situations that depends on your matchup here. Dwayne Allen, I, if I had to guess his stat line, I would say one catch for three yards and a touchdown, and that's not even <laughs> double-digit points. One catch, maybe two targets for three yards and a touchdown, where Anderson is more likely to replicate um, you know, something that he did last week. Now, 
San Francisco will be aware of him. I doubt Tennessee was very much aware of him or preparing for the style of Fedorowicz. But uh, at the same time, I think, you know, even with Tom Savage at the helm, I think there's a decent chance that Anderson could could be number two in the rankings behind Burton. All right. Streaming defenses. What do you got? Who do you like? I mean, the Packers, of course, have to come into play if we go if we go by the whole pick on the Browns philosophy. That's definitely something that that could happen. Um, So I I guess you look to them, uh, especially if they get Kevin King back. That'll be a boost. Uh, We talked about that earlier in the show when we were doing, you know, discussing Josh Gordon, Deshaun Kaiser type things. So um, I'm actually uh, pretty on board with them. And then and then after that, just kind of looking at uh, at the quarterback matchup, seeing if there's anyone that that really stands out for you um, and and going from there, you know, I'm trying to look at the defense list. Nobody's crazy, but uh, I'm trying to look at the Cowboys get Sean Lee back because they they would get a boost in my book against the Giants, even if it is a uh, a road matchup here. And um, he Sean Lee anticipates playing through the discomfort and the hamstring injury. So maybe the Cowboys, too, I guess. Uh, but that's much more of a stretch. Yeah, which we and we think Eli's playing for the Giants, but we don't know what's going on there. Um, mm-hmm. The mess. Okay, um, but Packers are first for you. Yeah, the Packers got to be uh, first for me. I, I would say. All right. Yeah, the Bengals and Vontez Perfect might be out for the Bengals, uh, who play at home against the Bears. But uh, after, okay, let me ask you a question. Yeah. See, last night the the hit that Juju made on Perfect went ber- basically Juju. Had a had a block. Perfect wasn't, uh, you know, was running the other way, not looking. And Juju Smith-Schuster laid him out, and then stood over him and taunted him. After the game, you know, basically Juju got two flags. He got a flag for the hit, and he got a flag for the taunt, and he's going to get a fine. After the game, he was saying all the right things. You know, I don't mean to hurt anybody. Um, I thought it was clean, but you know, he said, I, you know, maybe I, sh- I shouldn't have stood over him. That's not me. Antonio mm-hmm. Brown's in the background yelling karma. <laughs> Which, which is what I thought. Now I, I felt like I'm watching this, and okay. and and it and it's a it's a it's a questionable hit, right? But people are are on Twitter yelling, you know, oh, it's terrible, no matter who does it. And I'm going, well, that's true, but how much sympathy am I supposed to have for Perfect when he's the guy getting laid out on a play like this? Like I'm I'm watching. Zero. I'm going, okay, okay, fine with so- me. All right, so we so we had our office Christmas party last night, and we had this game on the on a big projection screen, which was really cool, but we didn't have sound on, so I didn't catch the play at the time. But rewatching it now, I'm looking at, at gifts right now. So think of me as someone watching this for actually the first time. I don't even know what's dirty about that. I guess he went for his helmet, so there's a little helmet to helmet contact here. But I mean, he's the guy designed to make the block on this play, and yeah, he doesn't need to stand over him, taunt and whatnot. But, it's but a, man, it's a playback. Perfect, I forget the, the term for it, but because perfect was coming from the other side of play, it's not, it's it's a it's it's against the rules. This and wouldn't I, have been against the rules three four years ago. <laughs> okay, fair, and I and I need to clarify exactly what the the issue was for myself, and you know, so if it's, I'm sure people listening can explain it better than me right now. But I mean, when like, I was playing high school football, I would cheer my receiver on for making that hit. But but I am like I I, I found out I don't want to see anyone get their get their brain scrambled. Okay, fair. But because it's perfect, I kind of went, yeah, okay. Like, sorry, dude, you do that stuff to people all the time. And mm-hmm. I had a yeah, hard time feeling that I'm not actively saying people should go out to hurt him. Actually, I've thought that before. I'll admit it. But but I had no sympathy, not one ounce. Yeah, I'm watching this thing on a loop. And and yeah, the hit's not great. He does. He does go for his head. But 
it's not crazy over the top. I've seen so much worse this year. Remember when Devonte Adams got smoked when he was basically stopped? Yes. And that was helmet to helmet. You know, that stuff is crazy bad. This is not something I'm going to go crazy up in arms again. And then the fact that it's perfect kind of right. lowers me a little bit. And I don't know if that's bad, but, you know, I, like I said, I just had a hard time generating any sympathy for that guy, even when he was laying down on the field. I don't know if that's a good thing, but yeah. I mean, that game was so much bigger rough. than Juju. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, Juju really got put in fight. I, I mean, Antonio Brown saying what he was, was doing in the locker room, yelling karma and saying that he would pay Juju's fine. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame him because since that play, since Perfect laid Antonio out a couple of years ago, Perfect mm-hmm. still been saying, oh, it was fake. And he, you know, he flopped. I mean, I, yeah, really. I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm sure once the doors, clo- yeah, once the doors closed and it got behind closed doors, everybody on that team's given Juju a high five oh, for geez. sure. Given the rivalry, given the history. Um, and just, that was kind of an awesome block. So I don't know, maybe I'm nuts. Get after me if you think I'm nuts, but I say him, if I'm a bad person, it's fine. I just had a hard time working up. If it was any, anyone else, I would have felt bad. Yeah, a little bad, but I'm still, I guess maybe I've got a bad angle on this set. I'm just not seeing what's crazy over the top. I guess there was a little bit of helmet to helmet there, but I don't know, man. All right. Um, what else you up to? What else am I up to? Well, big UFC fight was last week. So I get a little bit of a break, uh, from, uh, some, from crazy UFC action and, you know, still, uh, stringing along the, uh, college football train actually, uh, you know, if we get any crossover listeners on this, we're gradually about to launch our baseball content earlier than ever. I know our guys have been working really, really hard on uh, getting all those outlooks and projections in, and we're going to launch baseball content earlier than ever on RotoWire, which is something that's uh, pretty exciting. And I know people, they just can't get enough of, of baseball prep early, especially if your fantasy football season's done. So if you want to start checking out our outlooks, that's all going to be live on the site. Now's the perfect time to do the 10 day trial for RotoWire. Uh, you know, RotoWire.com slash free, RotoWire.com slash PodWorks, too. No, no strings attached. But, uh, you know, believe it or not, we always have to stay a few months ahead of the cycle here. And uh, and that means uh, it's baseball prep time for us. All right. And you're also you're doing your 530 p.m. Eastern uh, Facebook Live Q&A tonight on free agents. Yes, absolutely. Uh, this will be one of the last ones. I'll do a couple more in the playoffs here. They'll probably be short and sweet because I know a lot of people uh, that maybe that maybe didn't aren't, aren't alive in the playoffs might not be as keen to tune in. But uh, I'll definitely Check in and uh, answer your questions at 530 Eastern. If you want to ask uh, a question ahead of time, just get after me on Twitter at jakeski 52 All righty, folks, if you like this podcast, uh, please review and rate it like many of you have been, and we appreciate those. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. Our next episode is going to be coming on Thursday. Uh, Tim and I are going to preview uh, every game in, in week 14, so come on back and check it out to get you ready for your playoffs. For Jake Latarski, I'm John Halpin. See you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.